Chapter 2 Modernism Resents Fatherhood Does not your heart leap at the thought of a home for your innermost spirit, sheltered from the anxieties that press upon you daily? Do you not long in your quiet moments for relief from the restlessness and frustration with which life seems filled? Would you not rejoice to find that you might enter into a center of calm, where the intensities of today's frantic pace lose their power to make you tense and anxious? Consider, my hearers, the waters of a deep, quiet pool within you, whose calm surface the pressuring stones of life cannot disturb. Does not the thought of such a place cause you to sigh? Ah, could such truly be possible for me? Could such waters, refreshing and cold and invigorating, quench my every thirst, always renewing themselves, never running dry? The place from which such waters bubble forth is neither unattainable nor distant. To reach it will take a climb, it is true, and it is no quest for the faint of heart. Up there in the mountains, waters stream forth from divine springs. It only remains for you to find the source of those emerald headwaters, and then bend down to drink. But be practical, says a thousand voices at once. Life is to be lived in the here and now. Whoever said we were supposed to be saints? You don't want to turn into a nun, a preacher, a monk, a mystic. Multitudinous and persistent will be the bombarding objections, even from your Christian friends living their Christian lives in the foothill communities. All your training all of what you consider the practical experience of your life, all your concerns over that most harmless demon called what other people might think, all the observations of your friends and acquaintances and how they live their lives in the low places, all your anxieties about turning into a stuffy cleric, all these will bring their arguments to bear against you, in denial of the voice, calling you to look upward and inward. Forget about it, they will tell you, and get on with real life. Yet their arguments collide with this consonance against that instinct you cannot hide from, that youest part of you, the urge that says there is more, than these so-called practicalities would admit. The collision between sky-gazing intuition and earthbound reasoning is exacerbated all the more when we mention fatherhood as the source of this higher destination, the divine headwaters of the high mountain spring. For the word father itself has become odious to modern ears. 
attempting to disrupt the inner summons from on high. Discrepant voices pressure and persuade us to reject the concept of fatherhood in three of its essential attributes. It's masculinity. It's authority. It's godness. An enshrouding cloud has settled over the valley and foothills, graying and obscuring our vision of the mountains by blocking the truths inherent in masculinity, authority, and godness, thus assuring our rebellion against these three inherent elements of fatherhood. By our own choice, we revolt against the very notion of someone other than ourselves in authority. Modern society, at every turn, prevails upon us with a thousand subtleties to reject masculinity. And the sin to which man succumbs draws us into the lie of independence, persuading us there is no God to whom we owe allegiance. Fatherhood, as we have traditionally known it, say all three, is an outmoded convention from some archaic era. Times have changed, and so must our approach to this mythical thing our unenlightened predecessors called by such an oppressive name. We will keep the term, they say, but it must be utterly redefined. It must be stripped of its authority demasculinized, and humanized. Only then will it be unthreatening enough to suit us. Those previously existing under the weight of its authority must be given rights of co-significant status so that no one rules over any other. In this enlightened age, no child nor woman should feel lesser in rank. Its masculinity must be given an equal injection of feminism. The genders will then be equipotent in their stature. Moreover, they add, the fatherhood of God must be irrevocably rejected for the illusionary absurdity it always was. It is to God's personness we must look giving femininity and motherhood their equal share with the former bias of hisness. Thus, these valley corruptions of anti-fatherhood enter our perceptions at all levels, carrying out their cancerous work, eating away the very marrow of our spiritual fiber. Anti-fatherhood is no benign cancer. It is the fatal malignancy of modernism. Its curse cannot be escaped. Its molecules swirl about in the very air we breathe, and none is immune. Nor can its cells be isolated to a few remote and inconsequential regions within us, where they can be tolerated. Anti-fatherhood is positively lethal. 
If allowed to take hold and grow, it will infect mind, heart, soul, and will with its poison. It deadens those unfamiliar with the ways of God, those who would not call themselves active Christians, to the very instinct that can lead them out of the quagmire of self-satisfaction, pride, despair, emptiness, and frustration. Perhaps even more importantly, this antipathy toward fatherhood presents those acquainted with God's work, those who would number themselves among the followers of Christ, from laying hold of the fullness of their childship. Ultimately, it will kill the ability of both Christians and non-Christians to think accurately, to feel appropriately, to grow maturely, and to choose wisely. It is in that region where spiritual sensitivities sprout and grow, the soul, that the death from this anti-fatherhood cancer comes first. Not spiritual death, what the Bible calls eternal death, damnation. Rather, it is death to the capacity to respond correctly to the one calling us from on high. If you would take up the quest to find those satisfying waters that can fill the inner places, if you would lay hold of that unknown something calling you to reach higher than you previously have, the first step of preparation is this, to lay aside whatever may predispose you to respond negatively to authority, masculinity, and to God himself whether that be background experiences, training, tendencies of prior reactions, or teachings of modernism you have adopted as your own. Now is neither the time nor the place to argue or explain why you must do so, or to debate modernity's corrupted frame of reference. For the present, if you would see above the mists, you simply must lay them aside. The malignant fog of our previous biases have to be left behind if we are going to journey out of the valley together and embark upon the upward path toward fatherhood.